Shalom Aleichem on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Tzadi Dalid, Babakama 94a, pagination is 187. We are doing a statement in the Gemara about 10 lines down. The first word on the line is he, and then we begin. The Tanya we learnt. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Omer Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, Harisha gozal sa'oshal chitim. If a person stole a certain amount of wheat, tochano, he ground it, losha, he kneaded it, va'afo, and he baked it, v'hifrish mimeno chalo, and he separated chalo from it, he wants to make a bracha on the mitzvah. Ketzer mevorech, how can he make a bracha? This is not a blessing. This is disgusting. Person makes a bracha with a violation, so it's disgusting to Hashem. That's the statement of Rabbi Leza ben Yaakov. It's relevant over here in this parak because typically we would say that once a shinoi was done, it becomes the person who stole its item, and it's his, and he does with it what he wants. He wants to be Mikadosh a woman with it. It's his. The working assumption would be that once you have such a dramatic shinoi, it would become his, but what we're being told over here is that there is a stricter standard when it comes to mitzvahs, and the bracha would be disgusting. We have a similar concept expressed in Shulchan Aruch regarding owning an item that at some point was used by Avodah Zorah. So even though they were mevatalit, let's say the candles that they used in a place of Avodah Zorah, and the candles were blown out, and now they're being sold on the open market as used candles. So since they were mevatal them, this is an orachayim simen kufnun dalid, since they were mevatal them, an individual would be allowed to use them. However, they're not fitting for a Beis HaKnesses or for other types of Devar Mitzvah. So we have a stricter standard when it comes to a mitzvah, even though indeed it's yours, but it's considered to make a bracha would be disgusting. Now, there is a machlokes regarding this statement, whether that means that you should make a bracha or that you shouldn't make a bracha. Now, the first reaction might be, you don't make a bracha. It would be disgusting to make a bracha. And if a person chose to eat these items, a bracha before and a bracha after, you wouldn't make a bracha. It's disgusting. That's exactly what the Gemara is trying to tell you. And indeed, that's how the Rambam Paskins in Hilchas Brachas, Perak Aleph Halacha Yates, Kala Ochel Davar HaAsur, if a person eats something that is forbidden, you don't make a bracha before or after. This is similar to 
a Mishnah that we have in the seventh parak of Brachas, which tells us that if a person ate tevel, forbidden food, it wasn't tithed correctly, so then he's not eligible to join in the zimun, not eligible to do mezumen before benching. There is, however, a dissenting opinion as to how to understand our Gemara of Einze Mevarech Elamanoids, that it's not a blessing, but rather disgusting. And that is the approach of the Ravid and the Rosh. The Ravid says that this principle that the Mishnah in Brachas outlined, that you're not allowed to be Mizamein on a person who ate food that's forbidden, says the Ravid, Ein lohem chashivus kvius, davar The problem is that they don't have an established status to join you as a zimun since they're eating something that's forbidden. But as far as other brachas, if it didn't have to do with kvius, then if the person, let's say, ate bishogeg, he ate by mistake, and realizes afterwards, does he say berchas hamazon or not, it could very well be that he would, but it's minoyit, but it's a serious problem with that bracha. But he would be making the bracha. The rush in the seventh parak of brachas, Simon Bey's writes, mashma shechayev levarech, he is obligated to recite the bracha, but it's a disgusting bracha. And so, the Mishnabura in Simen Kuv Tzadivov, Sif Katon Dalid, raises the point in a case of Achal Devar Iser, if a person ate what is forbidden, what exactly would his status be regarding Birchas HaMazon? One opinion is that he does not recite the bracha. And others say, for example, in our case, where now he owns it, but he owned it through a forbidden act of stealing, he does own it. He owns it, he's going to recite a bracha, but there's something disgusting about that bracha because he obtained the item through theft. The Mishnabura writes, Das HaMogin Avram, the ruling of the Mogin Avram, is if you're dealing with Birchas HaMazon, Im Ochal that he ate a satisfying meal, and he has to say Birchas HaMazon, so you're dealing with a Deoraisa, and to absolve someone of a Deoraisa, is something that's uh, very delicate if there's a machlokes rishonim, whether he's absolved or he's not absolved of a bracha berchas hamazon. Yesh lahoros poseshe yevarech berchas hamazon. The ruling of the Magen Avram is that since berchas hamazon is the oraisa, yesh lahachmer ulevarech, that that bracha at least we should rule on the side of obligating him to recite Berchas HaMazon, which is the understanding of the Rosh in this Gemara, 
that is not absolving him of the bracha, but rather declaring that it is not a beautiful bracha because it was associated with a prohibition, in this case, of theft. Yeshe thank you for joining.